My uncle suffered emotionally, um, not from like the humiliation, but also self-worth as well. And him questioning his own intelligence. He's quite a educated man with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. And so for a man with that much education, it took a toll on him where he was like, how could I fall for things like this? I've like have so much under education under my belt. I should be smarter not to fall for these kinds of scams. I think it's important to remember that scammers are professionals at what they do. You know, they're preying on victims, appearing authentic, uh, engaging, affectionate. This is C-Suite, the podcast where you'll hear stories from real people, leaders, and cybersecurity experts about how to stay connected and protected. Welcome back to our second season. Every episode, we'll explore where cyber issues come from and how we can outsmart even the most sophisticated attempts to compromise our security. I'm your host, Claudette McGowan. While it may have been considered taboo just a decade ago, online dating has become the norm today. Apps like Hinge, Tinder, and Bumble have become part of our society's lexicon, and meeting people in person or organically is often viewed as a romantic relic of the past. The online dating industry was valued at over $3 billion US in 2018. In the last decade, couples of all ages have found their significant other via dating apps and online websites, with over 15% of US adults saying they've tried or continue to use online dating. But in an online world where anonymity can be maintained behind the veil of a screen, love doesn't always turn out the way some hoped. Monique, I'm so happy to have you here. This is such an interesting topic. Um, we, you know, we just talked about how pre-pandemic, uh, 30% of adults were on these online dating apps, but those numbers certainly skyrocketed post-pandemic. I just wonder, are these apps making some people, especially younger folks, because we didn't grow up with uh, smartphones, are they losing the swagger it takes to approach someone in public, you know, and spend some game and meet somebody and go out on a date, not spend your whole time texting? It seems like it's changing the way we relate to each other. We're back tonight with a scam alert and just in time for Valentine's Day. We're talking about romance scams here. The problem is getting a lot of attention, especially after being featured in the popular Netflix show, The Tinder Swindler. It even caught the attention of the BBB and the FBI. They're warning that scammers are using the pandemic to con a record number of Americans out of money. In this episode of C-Suite, we learn how the emotional stakes of online dating can lead to more than heartache. Catfishing, luring someone into a relationship using a fake persona, can entangle innocent online love seekers with bad people and even result in financial consequences. To help us explore strategies for staying safe when dating online, we'll hear from expert guests, Nicole Blumenfeld, the Director of Trust and Safety Operations at Tinder, and Zach Schlein, the CEO and co-founder of Filter Off. We'll also hear from Brittany, a young woman whose relative was recently swindled in an online romance scam. Tinder is a popular online dating app 
that first came on the scene in 2012. The app revolutionized the world of online dating, quickly becoming the go-to destination for swiping on singles in your area. As the Director of Trust and Safety Operations at Tinder, Nicole is intimately aware of the issues that can crop up for online daters today. I've been a Tinder for uh, almost five years now. I am a former attorney. <laughs> so I oversee our uh, global escalations, uh, content moderation, and then trust and safety policy functions. My teams handle like, a wide range of issues. Uh, they're responsible for handling and responding to our members whenever they have a question about something or there's a technical issue on their account. And then we're also responsible for uh, reviewing and removing any accounts that are uh, potentially violating our policies. Tinder's been around for almost 10 years, uh, which means we've kind of seen and been at the forefront of a lot of changes in the dating industry. When we launched, you know, it was just a lot less common to meet people on dating apps. And I think, you know, we've really been at the forefront of a lot of shifts in perception around online dating and I think just general acceptance of, you know, online dating. So for uh, Tinder specifically, you know, we know that kind of depending on where you are in your life, you might be looking for different types of connections. And we don't really want to determine or interfere with what you're looking for in whatever form, you know, that connection might take, obviously, as long as you're following all of our guidelines and policies. Over just five days in February, Netflix subscribers spent over 46 million hours watching The Tinder Swindler. Tinder provides a platform for people to meet other people outside of their normal social circles, and sometimes that includes bad actors. But does this mean we should avoid online dating apps altogether? Nicole explained how apps like Tinder have changed the dating game for good, but she also warns of some of the common elements of an online romance scam. You know, financial scams have been around forever. When I think, you know, whenever there's technological advancements, you're going to have people that are taking advantage of those innovations. With dating apps, you know, dating apps have really expanded our network. Before, if you wanted to meet someone new, romantic or not, you know, you had to be in the same place as them. You were at a bar, at a party, an event, or you had to be introduced by someone. So there had to be some sort of like connection to your social circle. And now, you know, you can go on a dating app and you can meet people that, you know, maybe otherwise would never have met or never have had some sort of, you know, social connection to. You know, I mean, I can go on Tinder and I can use that to talk to people all over the world, you know, also does expand the horizons for financial scammers uh, who are able to kind of exploit some of those, you know, positive innovations. And I think the other piece of it, too, when we're talking about financial scams and online dating is when you're going on a dating app, you're putting yourself out there to find love, which I think is just a more inherently vulnerable place to be in position to put yourself in. You know, romance scams, unfortunately, are not new. They, you know, have been around really forever. And we work uh, closely with the FBI on these issues. And I know they've published some correlations that they've seen um, really like across the, you know, industry, an increase in romance scams during uh, the pandemic especially, you know, at the beginning of, of the pandemic in 2020, where people really were so much more isolated and spending a lot of time alone, you know, I think it, it does open up kind of another way for, you know, scammers to exploit that, you know, situation. There's a few different kind of 
maybe themes or uh, commonalities that we, you know, see a lot with romance scams. So typically the scammers are using fake identities, which can range from like fully fake identity. So like a different person's photos. We see a lot of times users that are creating an identity that, that accounts for them being kind of far away from the people that they're talking to. You know, sometimes people that uh, are working in industries or have jobs that are overseas, so that kind of accounts for an inability to meet up with you. Or on uh, Tinder too, we've you know different location settings, and so you can see when somebody's kind of far away. So, you know, uh, someone that's stationed in the military overseas or working on an overseas contract, things like that. You know, are typically also kind of part of what we sometimes see with this. Brittany, a 25-year-old woman who lives in Toronto, shared the story of her relative who was the victim of a similar romance scam. So I have a Chinese uncle who is about 65 years old. He immigrated from China to Canada around 40-ish years ago, and he's fairly educated. He has like a bachelor and a master's. So he was separated from his wife, also my aunt, for about a year. And in China, they also have like these like Chinese like chat rooms and social media sites and stuff like that. And so a lot of people go on there to like socialize and talk. And so um, I think one day he actually received a Facebook friend request from what appeared to be like a young, beautiful Chinese girl, and they started talking back and forth. This back and forth relationship actually happened for like a couple of months where they were talking daily, as in like sending each other text messages, sending photos of like everyday life, and they would even have phone calls, but they wouldn't have like actual like video calls. So he didn't really see her real face. So we don't really truly know if it was actually a woman behind it or someone pretending to be a woman. So they've had this interaction, I would say, for like three to four months of her essentially gaining his trust and like building a a meaningful relationship. She knew that he had been separated. And so I think from the separation, she must have known that he was like vulnerable and wanted to have like an emotional connection with someone. With a couple of months of her gaining his trust, she also mentioned that she worked for an investment company where she helps people make money, like as in like double and triple their profits. And so she convinced my uncle to give her money so she can invest it in for him. And she was also like playing on the story. It's like, oh, if you invest this money, we could like have a happy life together. Think about me possibly coming to Canada. So my uncle started giving her $5,000 and she would actually deposit profits into his bank account to make it sound like it's really real. And so he got a deposit of about $2,000. He would think like the investments are actually making money, he's making profits. Each month he would give her like 5,000 there, 10,000 there, such and such. I think by the end of it, he gave her around upwards of $100,000. There was a point 
uh, where he needed to take some money out. So he needed to withdraw some money because he was going through um, a divorce at the time. So he needed some extra cash to like essentially pay for lawyer fees and stuff like that. And so when he asked his quote unquote girlfriend if he could withdraw his money, she was like, no, 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 you have to keep it in there. She was like, you can only uh, take it out on this day or something like that. I think she was like buying time. And so he messaged her again about like withdrawing money. And she was like, oh, the account is like frozen right now, but like I will double check with you. It's just like, that's a lot of money that you're trying to withdraw. So we just need to go through some like safety procedures or something like that. It was a lot of back and forth of him asking her if he could withdraw his money, um, but she's saying he can't. And so by the end of it, uh, my uncle got ghosted and realized that he was actually scammed. I think he mostly kept his um, dating life like separate from his like family, but I do know that his sons did have suspicion that this was a scam because he did ask his sons at one point for money too. And his sons um, were like, suspicious that it's like, what do you need this money for, dad? It's like, what are you investing in? And so I think the, the sons notice it more than himself, because I think when you're in a situation where you're just like separated, you're trying to look for emotional connection with someone and you trust this person who feel like you've had this relationship with for months. So he wouldn't think it's like, oh, she would just like take me for my money because she's been still talking to me. She's trying to get to know me. Romance scammers will often spend months forming a relationship and building trust with their victims, as was the case with Brittany's uncle. This is a process which is sometimes referred to as pig butchering. The actual name of the scam that he was involved in, and it's quite popular in China, is actually called uh, pig butchering. And the reason why it's called Pig butchering is because um, when you're trying to like butcher a pig, you're trying to like fatten them up. So like you give them a lot of food, you fatten them up. So they're like really happy and they essentially give you a lot of meat in the end, aka money. And so the reason why this scam is called pig butchering is because these type of people would develop a relationship with these people who are vulnerable and not really ask for anything for months. Like, it's just a pure relationship where they just talk back and forth about their lives and, like, build a relationship. And so it's, like, sort of, like, building the trust. By the time, like, they've, like, I guess, fattened the person up with trust and, like, gotten, like, money from them and then them just, like, leaving them. When using platforms like Facebook or Tinder to meet potential romantic interests, you're essentially being served a curated collection of photos that may not reveal much about who it is you're messaging. Of course, the relative anonymity makes it easier for scammers to go undetected. But it can also make it more difficult to determine whether you have a genuine connection with someone that could be worth pursuing further. Now, new innovations are attempting to counteract the anonymous nature of online dating to help people showcase their authentic personalities instead. For example, Zach Schlein created a video speed dating app called Filter Off, an online dating environment 
that's more like meeting someone in person. Filter Off is a video speed dating app, and it's a easy way to meet other singles and not profiles. How it came about was I was an avid online dater, was on all the dating apps, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, and it took a while to swipe and finally match with someone. And then when I ended up meeting them in person, oftentimes we didn't have chemistry or they didn't necessarily always look like their photos. So I decided to ask my dates beforehand if they'd be open to video chatting. And the ones that I agreed, it made all the difference in the world. And I realized this was the most efficient and safest and the best way to online date. I think the biggest differentiator is being video first. When you're using a swipe app like Tinder, you really have no idea who's behind the profile. Um, And you could pull any sort of image um, and say that's you. Or you could use an image that's older. Um, And it was you, but 15 years ago. It's very easy to kind of lie about what you look like on traditional swipe apps. And with filter off, it's virtually impossible. So some of the features that we have is uh, face verification, phone verification, again, video first, uh, the ability to report and block. As its name suggests, filter off is aiming to combat the heavily filtered veneer of the online world that can help scammers get a leg up on their victims. Instead, Zach and his team are focusing on building a sense of community and authentic relationships with like-minded people. I don't think apps like Snapchat and Instagram have helped. Everyone is now using filters. And aside from those companies, Snap and Meta, like you have just like pop culture and magazines, right? You think this is what you should look like. And they're obviously edited. And yeah, just growing up, you see that like this is the norm and you're like, I don't look like that. So there's been lots of, right? There's lots of issues with adolescents, all ages who um, are really dealing with their mental health. And it, it stems oftentimes from like the perception of what they think they should be. You also see people that are using dating apps that are just lonely and or they just don't feel comfortable in their own skin and they create a character of uh, what they think someone would like and they just want to be able to connect to people. And when you finally meet them in person, they look nothing like their photos or maybe they never want to actually meet and they want to just stay on the, the message um, and you're just messaging back and forth for weeks on end, not knowing this is not the person uh, you think you're talking to. After witnessing her uncle's experience with an online scammer, Brittany understands just how important it could be to meet potential love interests face-to-face through a video call using a service like Filter Off. Taking this extra precaution could have saved her uncle hundreds of thousands of dollars in the long run. I think my number one advice for my uncle was... You don't know the person is actually real if you don't have like a video call with them. Like, yes, they can send you pictures of what they look like, but those pictures can be taken from anywhere. Usually what I've heard is like scammers never like to show their face. And so by seeing an actual person, maybe you can 
validate. It's like, are these pictures real compared to the person? Because most of the time, I feel like with these scams, they pick like the prettiest person that they can find off the internet, off of Google Images, and create a character off of that. After his experience of being scammed online, Brittany's uncle is still suffering financially and emotionally. In addition to the pain and the financial ruin these romance scams can bring, they can also lead to embarrassment and as a result, isolation from support systems. So the repercussions of the scam was he was out $100,000. From that point on, it was mostly him trying to not be so humiliated by the fact he got scammed, but also trying to repay the people that he borrowed money from. My uncle suffered emotionally, um, not from like the humiliation, but also self-worth as well. And him questioning his own intelligence. He's quite an educated man with a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. And so for a man with that much education, it took a toll on him where he was like, how could I fall for things like this? Yeah, I think from this situation, he's pretty much isolated himself from the family because it's a really embarrassing situation to go through. Um, I do know now that he is living by himself and sometimes his sons come and visit him. But at this point, he's just trying to work his like nine to five job to pay himself and the debts back. Of course. Anyone who's opening themselves up to the dating world is always going to be taking some degree of risk. When it comes to staying protected online, Tinder takes several precautions to prevent potential scammers from infiltrating its systems. Nicole says her team is always on the lookout for new innovations that will help to keep their users safe. It's always evolving. We're always trying to identify new ways that we can our users safe, new features that our you know members are asking for or or would you know make them feel safer uh, on Tinder. Um, I think you know for financial scams specifically, we've really robust machine learning models uh, that really act as a sort of like invisible layer for our moderation teams. So you know we use these models, like I was saying, to kind of identify patterns that are used by uh, bad actors to kind of flag accounts to, you know, bring into moderation and, you know, hopefully to help us remove those accounts as quickly as possible from the platform. We offer photo verification, which uh, hopefully helps people feel more confident that the person, you know, in the photos is the person that they're talking to. Uh, We also let members uh, link their Instagram account to their profile, which I think is another just like a nice sort of tool for verification. You can kind of get a little more information about the person you're talking to. User reports uh, are really instrumental to us in identifying some of those trends, in uh, you identifying bad actors as quickly as possible, and hopefully preventing them from being able to harm any other members. Overall, staying safe while online dating is a matter of remaining vigilant and keeping your guard up when chatting with someone new. Nicole shared a few helpful tips for online daters hoping to find love and dodge scammers. I think it's important to remember that scammers are professionals at what they do. You know, they're they're preying on victims 
you know, appearing authentic, uh, engaging, affectionate. One, I'd say look out for, you know, person you're talking to is avoiding meeting you in real life if they're like consistently canceling at the last minute. Oftentimes with, you know, financial scammers, when they do ultimately uh, ask for money or for some sort of financial assistance, usually it will kind of tie back to the excuses that they are starting to make kind of early on. Another thing too, just to keep in mind, like if you're talking to someone that's trying to get you off Tinder really quickly, so uh, wanting to talk to you on a different um, you know, messaging platform, I think that's something to kind of look out for. Like I mentioned, we have a lot of detection that's running behind the scenes, which makes it harder for scammers to be successful if they're using Tinder as like the main mode of communication. Zach echoed Nicole's statements, reminding online daters to be on guard for red flags and try to arrange video chats early on if you're talking to someone new. Never give out the obvious, right, of like personal identifiable information of like any sort of social security or credit card or bank statements. That's obvious. Um, but when you're in the moment, you really trust someone. Maybe it's not so obvious because you're in the moment. If you meet them in person, share where you're meeting, meet them in a public location. I think the most important thing is if you're not using filter off, just hop on a video chat. If you're using another dating app, ask them to hop on a video chat and a phone call is not enough because you cannot tell voice, whether that equates to what they look like. Um, so that's the one thing I would just recommend is just going on video as soon as possible and don't waste time. Finally, Nicole reminds us that people with bad intentions can be lurking anywhere, not just online. Just as you'd be on the lookout for red flags in person, it's important to do the same thing when using dating apps. You know, for anybody that is new to online dating, that, you know, there's nothing inherently different about dating if you're meeting the person online than if you're meeting the person, you know, somewhere in real life. In a lot of ways, you know, Tinder is like a, a bar. It's a bar where you might meet somebody. It's just another sort of way for people to, you know, to connect, to find a connection. But ultimately, you know, dating is dating and, you know, something that would have been you, you know, would have been a real red flag to somebody if you were, you know, met them in real life is also going to be a red flag if you're meeting them on Tinder. Online dating has helped millions of people around the world find love and form new connections. But it also opened up a new channel for bad actors to infiltrate and conduct potentially life-ruining scams. Luckily, there are a few ways we can enjoy the benefits of online dating without getting swindled in the process. Here are a few key tips to keep in mind during your next swipe session. Stay vigilant and be on the lookout for red flags. If someone you're chatting with online is being overly affectionate, avoiding your request to meet in person, or insisting on taking the conversation to an encrypted messaging app, they could be a scammer. Try exploring new innovations in online dating, like Filter Off, which enable face-to-face -face connections through video chatting. A video call will confirm that the person you're chatting with is indeed a real person and not a bot or an imposter. Trust your gut. 
In many cases, you'll know when something feels off or too good to be true during your online dating adventures. Listen to the early warning signs and perform your due diligence before it's too late. Thank you to Zach and Nicole for sharing your expert knowledge and thank you to Brittany for sharing your story. And thank you for listening to C-Suite. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Join me for the next episode airing on March 31st. I'm Claudette McGowan. And remember, with over 4 billion of us online, we have to do everything possible to keep ourselves connected and protected.